Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Fernando, your host of the Bar Exam Game Plan Podcast. I hope that you are doing well. And today, I wanted to cover the topic of procedural due process. And what is it? How does it function? How does it impact uh, you know, just an individual on a practical level? I, I know this is an area where a lot of folks uh, end up you know, tripping up a little bit, either in the MBEs or, more importantly, writing about it in the essay section. So I highly, highly recommend that you take your time with this area because it is important. It does come up under constitutional law. It is tested heavily. And I'm going to give you a quick rundown, right? And feel free to listen to it again uh, if you need to. But if you are having a, you know, a little bit of a tough time with it, just really lean into uh, learning this, this area. So as a result of the due process clause of the 5th and 14th amendments, when a person is deprived of either life, liberty, or property interests by governmental action, an individual is entitled to notice and a hearing. So it sounds pretty straightforward, right? If as a result of governmental action, a person is being deprived of either life, liberty, or property interests, then they're entitled to notice and a hearing, right? Um, the question then becomes, well, what constitutes as, uh, you know, an interest in life, liberty, or property? You know, what type of governmental action are we talking about? And then notice and a hearing, what type of notice and hearing? All right, so let's get into each of those. So in terms of life interests, you're going to see examples related to areas of someone's right to engage in gainful employment, someone's right to contract with others, someone's right to refuse unwanted medical treatment, right? Those are the different types of issues that might come up in terms of uh, liberty. And there's also like property interests that we were talking about, right? So for example, uh, a driver's license can't be revoked following an accident without a prior evidentiary hearing as to fault, right? That's that's important. A welfare recipient cannot be deprived of benefits without a prior evidentiary hearing. And, you know, in addition, as another example, which is different from uh, welfare benefits, disability benefits are seen slightly differently. They're not seen as, as benefits that are likely to affect the individual's source, you know, be the individual source, source of, sole source of income. And as a result, they can be terminated without a prior hearing. So you have to pay attention to the type of interest, right? Does it fall under the category of life, liberty, or property? Then you have to really hone in on, you know, is, is this something that is, you know, depriving them, um, you know, at, at, at what level, right? And then if it's determined that the individual is entitled to, you know, notice and a hearing and an opportunity to push back on, to refute governmental assertions against them, then, right, 
the court has to determine what kind of proceeding. So the court has to determine the nature of the proceeding, right? What kind of uh, uh, records are going to be allowed at the, at, the, at the proceeding, at the hearing? Is the individual going to be given the right to retain counsel, right? And the second piece, if, again, the individual is, in, is determined to be entitled to uh, notice and a hearing and an opportunity to push back on the government's assertions, then you ha- the, the court also has to determine whether the proceeding must occur before the liberty or property interest is affected, right? So it's this full analysis that you have to conduct, right, to determine how, like, what is the interest that's being affected? And then if it's being affected and it's determined that there should be a hearing, okay, what is that hearing? What is that opportunity to uh, refute the government action going to look like, all right? So I think uh, if you are able to just, you know, hold on to those preliminary concepts, that would be really uh, beneficial, you know, for you to just, you know, just go back to uh, and and just sh- the most important way that you're going to learn this, to be honest with you, is by just doing a lot of questions, a lot of MBE questions in due process so that you can look at the different variations. That's how I've, you know, been able to help others in this particular area. Just like try different MBE questions, try different essays, you know, depending on your jurisdiction, your jurisdiction, you're either going to have 30 minute essays or one hour essays. So try them out, you know, test, test yourself. Don't, don't, uh, um, you know, don't feel like you have to wait until you get to that section. No, if you if you want to lean into a particular section, quote unquote, out of order from the program and you feel that you need to do that, it's okay for you to do that, right? So, um, you know, for those who are retaking the bar and are not taking a program, um, my recommendation for you is to just really make, if this is an area or if there's any other area where you feel like, oh, I, I didn't do too well based on the metrics, that I was reviewing, then just make some extra time to review those areas and um, just really learn them and understand them. You know, a, a lot of times we'll just pay attention to the words that are there and try to memorize that, but it's when you test yourself on them that you're able to see whether you fully understand them, okay? All right, so I'll leave you with that. That's a, a procedural due process. And I look forward to catching you at the next episode. Take care. Bye. This episode is brought to you in part by Juno, the collective bargaining group here to get you the best rates on your student loans. To learn more, go to baregzamgameplan.info and click on the Juno logo.